Welcome to episode 306 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast with a midnight madness mode. There's 24 hours to go, so get your Twippy votes in. If you've been listening to the show, you know what I'm talking about. It closes at midnight tomorrow, so make sure you vote for all your favorite pinball machines, designers, artwork, and of course, your favorite pinball podcast. I just wanted to do a little bit of a shorter, snackable episode. I don't know about the rest of you guys out there, but I've been doing a little bit of longer interview format shows, which which I think are good. Sometimes you need an hour to talk to people and, and, and get their thoughts out. What I want to do on this podcast is I want to talk about my reactions to what was said on some of those interviews, because I know I just end the shows and someone said that in an email. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the pinball news going on, and then I want to read some of your emails, and then I want to be done because I have a lot of work to do. So let's jump right into it. So we'll go down the list of people I've interviewed in a row. We interviewed Ben Heck, we interviewed Quinn Johnson from Deep Root, and we interviewed the Black Knight. Let me start with the Black Knight. I think Christopher Thompson is a very knowledgeable person. He's been in this hobby for many years. I know there's some back and forth debate on whether or not he's sort of old school and he doesn't understand the modern pinball world. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, But he did drop a little bit of a bombshell on my last podcast that he believes that Stern is making uh, games designed for obsolescence, that they will break in the future and they will not be repairable. And I think when, we, when you heard me talk to him, I even said, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't. I don't think Stern is, is making games to break. I think Stern is a company making games uh, in a way where they can ship 10,000 a year. I, I think Stern is making games in a way where they can ship four to five to six games a year. And so the node board upgrade, some may call it a downgrade. Uh, I, I don't see it as that. And I, and I do disagree that these games are just going to be built to break and they will be unrepairable in the future. Uh, of course, none of us know either way because we're not in the future and we don't live 15 years from now and Stern's out of business and no one can find node boards. But I will say this as well. And I've owned a Stern Batman 66 uh, now for almost two years. I've had to lift the play field maybe three or four times. Once to adjust the uh, penguin crane, I did have a node board eight fail at the very beginning that was uh, replaced immediately by Stern. And since then, it's been rock solid. And I and I have to say that Stern builds games for the most part, I think, where most of us aren't constantly fixing them. And so I also don't think the biggest pinball company in the world is ever going to leave people hanging. Now, the other part is, it's not that they're going to leave you hanging. Are they going to make you pay lots of money to replace these boards when they fail if they're not fixable and make you pay two, three, four hundred dollars a board and that can get really expensive for people? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'll say this. Let's say five years from now, you got games that are out of warranty and you need to replace a board for two, three hundred bucks. You're not going to care. You're, you're really not. I mean, if you have six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars to buy a pinball machine, and you need to spend two, three hundred bucks to get it up and running again. I think that's money you'll easily spend. Uh, so yeah, okay. And and again, when I look across all the other pinball manufacturers, I still think Stern is is shipping the most reliable games. Literally, name me a game that's more reliable. I said it. I said literally. Damn it. 
damn it, I'm going to put a dollar in a jar every time I do that. All right. So that's that was the big takeaway from from the Christopher Thompson uh, chat that that I think a lot of people were, were, were wondering what I thought about that. So let's go on to Ben Heck. So Ben Heck came on the show, and I love the fact that Ben was very candid about his experience at Spooky, why he left, the status of his game, Evil Dead, cough, cough. Uh, here's my take on the whole thing. I think Ben sort of broke up with a family, it, it, you know, sleeping on Charlie's couch. He was with them for so many days and hours and, and they built the company on their backs and they kicked their asses and they killed themselves to get these games made at the very beginning of the company. And nobody understands the pain and agony that that he went through and, and Chuck went through and the whole company went through just to survive. I mean, people forget sometimes how close spooky as a company was to just being dead on arrival. Nobody wanted their first game and they had to limit it to get people interested in it. I, I think that Ben is a guy that works really hard. I think he is talented and I'm just going to say this. I do think Ben is possibly more talented than the people he's leaving. And I think that's always been the problem I see at spooky is that the B students hire the C students and the A students hire the A students. And I've seen that in my professional career and I've seen it in other areas of life. And I think when it comes to designing a pinball machine, I think Chuck is a little bit of a B student. And I'm not saying that to be a jerk. I think his talents lie elsewhere, but I think Chuck is uh, it has stood in front of a lot of these game designs and made a lot of these decisions, but I doubt... I bet, you know, I just don't think he's got the talent to make a great game. And how many games do you get before you get to make a great game? And have they ever made a great game? And I think Ben is was just fed up. And knowing that he felt like he had a great game on the back burner, uh, I think led him to want to leave. Now, look, Ben had a chance to also make a great game. And he made America's Most Haunted. I think he learned a lot. I think he learned a lot about pinball, a lot about what people want, a lot about theme, a lot about artwork, a lot about the other important factors that make a pinball game fun. But I think he also never delivered that great game either. And would his next game have been great? We don't know because we won't see it. So it's also easy uh, to sort of to stand on the sidelines and, and say stuff. But look... I think Ben Heck is talented. I think Spooky has given people games. I, I, you know me. You know me. You know this podcast. I, I think Spooky games are just like decent games, but I just don't know why you would buy one in a climate where so many other games are better at the same price unless you want to support the smaller company, and that's fine, and I don't think saying that is unfair, Okay. So that's where we're at. Now, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle, 500 of them. Is it going to be a great game? I, I don't think the reviews are going to be great. People are going to finally get them soon, but you'll see. That's it. You'll see. The owners, some of the, some of the early owners will, will, will claim that it's incredible. We see that with every new release, but ultimately time will tell. Ultimately time will tell, all right? So that was a good interview with, with Ben. And then Quinn Johnson, Deep Root, nice guy, awesome guy, fun to talk to. Uh, Deep Root continues to remain a mystery to all of us. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm excited to see what they do. I don't know when I'm going to see it. I'm almost getting tired of 
wondering when I'm going to be able to see anything. So we'll just leave it at that. I, I, it's one of those things where I, I could speculate. It's like if you look at a blank wall and someone's like, Chris, can you speculate at the artwork I bought to put on that wall? And I could start to go down a few things. Yeah, maybe you're going to bring in a, a comic book art thing because you know I like that. Or maybe it's going to be bulldog themed. And, and then at, you reach a point where you're just, you get tired of, of wondering what could be there. And that's how I feel lately about Deep Root. All right, let's talk a little bit about some pinball news. So those were the last three things I saw, uh, or the last three people I talked to. Um, when it comes to pinball news, let's talk about American Pinball. Uh, where is Oktoberfest? And I'm just going to go down a list of the manufacturers. Oktoberfest, I don't know. I think they're just going to hold it to TPF. It doesn't make sense to release it in one of these dead months. So ex I expect to see it there. They'll probably have a bunch of games in box if they're smart, ready to ship. But TPF will be the make-or-break date for Oktoberfest. It's really a shame, remember, because they launched this game at Expo and games haven't gone out. And now they have to wait to TPF. The problem they're going to face, if someone else releases something amazing at TPF that's unforeseen, I don't know, Willy Wonka maybe? I don't know. If something happens there that makes people want to hold on to their money, it could be people playing Munsters and loving Munsters, whatever it is, there's just more competition now than ever before. And when you go to a big show... I'll say this too, when you go to a big show and you reveal, you let people play your game, they're also playing every other pinball machine that is available almost for the history of time. Not true, but you know, most of the games, the classic games, everything's there that your game will be compared to. So it becomes glaringly apparent if your artwork isn't as good, if your code isn't as good, if your animations aren't as good. So I think as much as these guys think that bringing these games to shows to drum up hype is a good thing, I also think the part that nobody ever tells them to their face, because, you know, they're standing there, Joe Balser, Davol, the American Pinball people, Josh Kugler, they'll all be there, and you'll shake their hand, and you'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's amazing. And then someone goes off and plays, like, maybe Batman and has more fun, or maybe this and has more fun, Monsters, or Medieval Madness, or Attack from Mars, or Monster Bash Remake. You, you have... Seven, eight thousand dollars in your wallet, and you're playing all these machines that are incredible that you could own, and you have to make Oktoberfest a better experience than all of those. You're just hearing Bubba's feet on the ground. So that's what's gonna happen, and that's why I think it's gonna be tough to get hype back. You get one chance to get people to buy your game now. All right, Jersey Jack Pinball. I'm in the thread. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm in the thread, guys. I live there. I love going into the Jersey Jack Pirates of the Caribbean thread. And what am I reading? People's games have playfield wear, and people want to install cliffies. It makes total sense. When you buy a $10,000 pinball machine and you're a collector and you love the game, here's the thing too. The more you love the game, the more you want your game to remain perfect for all time. The more you want to put protectors on it, the more you want uh, all the areas that could wear to, to have some sort of protection in that spot. So people are putting Cliffy protectors on their Jersey Jack Pirates to the Caribbean, which is great. Thank you, Cliffy, for making these things. What's not so great is that people have to tear their games apart to put these playfield protectors on. And the question I can't understand is Jack knows that people will have to do this in these certain areas. He knows it. He knows where the wear is at. He knows the Mylar is not that effective. I'm, Whenever I look at a Jersey Jack game and it's just Mylar, 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 it's, that's not the solve. Mylar is, is a short-term solution. It is not a long-term solution to have all over the playfield because once that Mylar starts to lift up, it can oftentimes take up the clear and the, and the artwork from the game if you have to replace it. 
And a Cliffy is just a much better option. And how many years do we have to see pinball machines wear and tear by, you know, vertical up kicks and scoops and, and other areas where the, where the ball hits an edge of a play field directly with some velocity that a Cliffy is the best solution? And here is the thing that I don't understand. Why didn't Jersey Jack give Cliffy the play field a year ago? The, the play field was done a year ago. Why did they not have that done a year ago? And why did they not install these protectors at the factory when it was on the assembly line, which would make it so much easier than watching all these guys pull their games apart? I mean, you have to take away the upper play field to get one of the cliffies installed. And I, I see this stuff, and again, it just begs the question, when you have a year and you're charging $10,000 for a premium pinball, why can't they just do everything for you at the factory? I don't get it. You can no longer get a playfield protector at Jersey Jack Pinball anymore. Why is that? I don't get that either. Um, otherwise, how's the game selling? I don't know. I don't know. How Are we seeing a ton of unboxings in the Pirates of the Caribbean thread? I, I don't think we're seeing nearly as many as we think. And I know I see guys like Yellow Bird claiming it's the best game of all time then it's like comma buy all my mods for it uh but the reality is this game is now available it is shipping to consumers uh, i don't know what the demand is i i don't see as many unboxings as you would a, a new stern it's also because with jack it's not it's not the same as stern where stern sort of got that that cadence of ellie they ship first with the pros then you get the premiums and then it's just like premiums and pros left and right being opened up by people. Nobody buys a Jersey Jack standard or the pro, right? It's like limited edition or collector's editions. I feel like nobody, nobody buys or wants like the, the base version of a Jersey Jack game, which is which begs the question, why do they even make it? I saw some guy out there heavily mod it, a Wizard of Oz standard edition with all this stuff. But once you see that stainless steel armor, it, it, it's basically the trim nobody wants. And so why would you mod the version nobody wants? Okay, so that's what's happening at JJP. Uh, I heard yesterday that, that Willy Wonka images have leaked and someone's like, Chris, do you have the images? And I said, no, I don't have the images. And I asked all my trusted people, do you have the images? Everyone's like, no. And then I thought to myself, they're probably just making this shit up. How easy is it to just start a rumor, Willy Wonka images, they're out. People are passing them around. Sure they are. Whatever. I don't really care. I don't think they're out. I don't know. If they are, send them to me and I'll post them. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. I'm so sick of like the little inner circle of pinball people that just share leaked images and won't let anyone else in on the fun. Anyway, I get, look, I get why they're damaging and you shouldn't share them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, for sharing photos in the past. But anyway... It will Willy Wonka be at TPF? We keep debating this, and we'll just say it again. It makes no sense to bring Willy Wonka to Texas Pinball Festival. If Jack does that, it is just an idiotic move because there's no way they have that game ready to go on the line within the next couple months after March. There's no way they've tooled up for that game. They, they, they just got tooled up for Pirates of the Caribbean. And if you don't think Pirates of the Caribbean sales will just die immediately if he shows Wonka... Uh, you're wrong because everybody wants Wonka and Toy Story over Pirates of the Caribbean. All you have to do is go to uh, Rotten Tomatoes and look at the 
enthusiasm for the the Toy Story and Wonka franchise. Now look at the enthusiasm for the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Something did I talk about this? Did I talk about how like plundering is so much fun and people complain about it? I think I did. I saw tournament players complaining about plundering, stealing other people's gold. So much more fun to do. It's so much fun. Makes actually makes tournament play uh, fun to, to watch a player being able to steal another player's gold or multi balls. And I heard people were crying about it. it. Makes no sense. Anyway, I think I did talk about that with the Ben Heck interview. Anyway, um, what else is going on? So nothing else at Jersey Jack. Uh, we're gonna have Pirates of the Caribbean is the game we have. How long will we have it before Jack said two new reveals in 2019? Uh, yeah, do you believe that? Do you believe that he's gonna reveal two games in one year? Do, do you think that's actually gonna happen? Because for that to happen and Jack to do what he also said he was gonna do, think about that for a minute. Jack said he will no longer show a game until it's ready to ship. So that's Jack saying that he's got two new games ready to reveal this year. Does that mean he's going to ship two games in 2019? I will say right now, right now on Canada's Pinball Podcast, I believe there is no way Jersey Jack will ship two new games in 2019. There, the, history tells me he cannot do that. And unless there, unless he has hired the Avengers to manufacture these games, he's never going to do that. It sounds good. I think games are in progress for sure, but as we know, when it comes to Jersey Jack Pinball, what they do the best when it comes to revealing and shipping pinball games, and I'm, and I'm going to be honest here, I think what they do the best is they find new ways to fuck up that simple thing of reveal your game and ship it to consumers in a few weeks, and you'll be golden. If they had shipped Pirates of the Caribbean right after revealing it at Expo of 2017, they would have sold twice as many games. I'm serious. If you don't think that year delay just crushed them, you, go back and read the commentary when he revealed that game. Everyone had their money out in that moment. Everyone was ready to buy. Everyone was saying a dark day for Stern. It was his moment. He did it. He revealed it. And then he couldn't deliver. And if he does it again, and he does it again twice in 2019, I, I don't know how many times Jack gets to figure out how the what the right way is to launch a pinball machine. And I've said this on the air before, and I'll say it again. Jersey Jack, email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. I, I know a thing or two about marketing. You might have seen my latest idea out in the world. So I, I don't normally brag about myself, do I? The, the, the sociopathic, narcissistic Canada. Nobody will listen to that asshole's podcast. Voted number one last year. Um, no, so this is a really fun idea for you Big Lebowski fans out there. I uh, One of my clients is Stella Artois. And in August, I had a very simple idea. How can we get people to buy Stella Artois? Because everyone you buy, we donate money to water.org, which is a great foundation that helps people in, in, in third world countries get access to clean water. Uh, every time you buy Stella, we make a donation. Uh, so I said to myself, well, why don't we get pop culture characters who are famous for drinking other drinks to switch their drink and choose Stella Artois because it's for a good cause? And I was like, why don't we get the dude from The Big Lebowski? Why don't we get Carrie Fisher, sorry, Carrie Bradshaw, <laughs> Carrie Fisher, Carrie Bradshaw from uh, Sex and the City, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker as, as Carrie, 
and, and get them to order, instead of a Cosmo, she orders a Stella. Instead of a white Russian, he orders a Stella. And so uh, it's out there on the internet now, but you're going to see it on Super Bowl Sunday. And I have a, there's a little treat for you guys in that spot. Uh, there's a third pop culture character that will switch their drink that I think you're, you're going to find awesome. But that came from the mind of this guy who knows nothing about marketing according to anyone else in the pinball world. No manufacturer has ever asked me to help them with marketing. Normal over at American Pinball asked me once, and then when I, inv- I tried to catch up with him, he just ignored me. Nobody else. No sh- Here's the other thing that's funny to me. No, nobody has offered to sponsor this show. Nobody. You know, nobody. You go, even Penn Stadium, go to Penn Stadium's Facebook page, and they like spam every single podcast with hashtags. And with, uh, Do you guys get spammed by Penn Stadium, by the way? I, I can't avoid it. It's like we get it. We get it. You make lights and they're great. I have them in my Batman. I think they're incredible. But the, the the amount of ads they put out are insane. And I get it every day in my feed. It's like they literally take every single pinball machine and show you how it's different with Pin Stadium. But they hashtag everybody. So poor Jack Danger is like hashtagged in every single post they make. And every time you get tagged, it notifies you that you, you've been you've been tagged in a post. Uh, they have all these other pinball podcasts, but they didn't they don't tag me. Why is that? Again, number one pinball podcast everyone wants to avoid. But I think we're going to take it again this year. I really do. And I think it sends a message. And this is why the Twippy vote for Canada's pinball podcast, I think, matters too. Because it sends a message to everybody else out there that wants to ignore the kind of stuff we talk about on this show. It basically says you can't ignore it. It's relevant. And our vote shows that. And that is why I appreciate it so much when you make that vote. I know the other pinball podcasts out there all do different shows. They have different reasons why they want you to vote or don't want you to vote. But that is why when Canada wins, I think it's a win for the conversation about this hobby that a lot of people don't want to have, that manufacturers don't want you to have. Do you think Stern Pinball wants you to hear me on the airwaves telling you to hold on to your money, to don't chase every new game? To don't fall into the to the hype around new pinball launches that they so successfully have created. To don't buy an LE before playing it. To make sure you know you want it. To don't think that fun equals value. Don't be hoodwinked by an $8,000 Beatles or $20,000 Beatles. Wait. Think. Think. Live. Put your health before your pinball dollars. Do you think they want you to hear that? No. It's the last thing a marketing department wants is someone like me on the air telling you that maybe you shouldn't fall victim to the the pointless hype surrounding all these new games. And maybe you should wake up and realize we're in an oversaturated pinball market and you can have the greatest games ever for much less than they were new and have a lot more fun and save a lot more money if you just adjusted the approach you have to this hobby. And they don't want you to think that. And I know some other pinball podcasts out there get critical of me. You're being negative, Canada. You're not cheerleading every new, new manufacturer. You don't want every new manufacturer to succeed. And the answer is, you're right. I don't want them to fail, but I don't want them around if their games are shit. Is that, is that, is that okay? I love movies. Should I just applaud every movie that comes out regardless of how good it is? All right. I got a little bit on a soapbox. P3 Multimorphic. They now have an LCD screen in the back box. They've had it for a few weeks now. Uh, Cosmic Kart Racing is shipping. That's been shipping for a few months now. Uh, I don't know how long. Jerry has. 
the now now he's changed the back box to be a huge screen like Alien and or Highway and Jersey Jack. Uh, okay, you built this entire platform over five plus years with a humongous screen as the playfield, and now you need another screen in the back box. I don't get it. I, I don't. I don't get at what point is this it? Is this the final variation? How many alterations of P3 do there have to be? You know, I've got, you know, I got a better move. If you want to sell P3 Multimorphics, the best thing he could do is just yank out the big screen in the playfield and put a normal playfield in there, hire a good artist, make a normal pinball machine, and sell a thousand of them. How about that? Wouldn't that be easier? I know. It's, it's, a, it's a dream crusher for, for Jerry. I get it. But ultimately, are, are dreams worth it? If the consumers have told you that, you know, they're not buying his family invested in this business, he could just make a pinball machine and sell it. He's so smart. He's so smart, but he's too smart. He's a smart engineer. He tried to revolutionize something that didn't need revolutionizing. The one part he made a mistake on was the market research. If Stern is selling 10,000 pinball machines the way they do it, why would you reinvent it? It's like it's like if the bagless vacuum is is what everybody wants now and then you go make a bag vacuum. No one's ever shown they wanted a an interchangeable modular pinball experience with a big screen. No, there's no market research. You literally went all in on an idea you had. And I love Jerry, I love his passion, but at what point do you say it didn't work? And let's just go make a good pinball machine. And I hope they do that one day because I think they will sell uh, and his knowledge of P3 and his knowledge of engineering. And we're seeing a lot of fun engineering in that game, right? I mean, Cosmic Kart Racing, that back modular area, looks really freaking cool with all the lights and everything. I would imagine if Jerry could apply his engineering prowess to an entire pinball machine, but in a normal way, where it's a wooden play field, but he's engineering the coolest mechs and everything. See, that's what's so frustrating, right? Is I think Jerry would be the the mech fucking zilla of pinball. I think he would make the coolest engineered things that we've all been craving for in pinball. And yet, look, even like his interlocking, like the ball lock in Lexi Lightspeed, that big wheel. How fucking cool is that carousel? He's got all these amazing ideas. It's just the platform is sinking his genius. Does that, does that make sense? And I think if he just said, fuck it, guys, took a sledgehammer to all those screened play fields, let's put something over wood and let's make it magical and we'll, we'll succeed, he would. I know he would. All right, Spooky, Alice Coopers are ready to go. We see them in box. The weather is delaying them a little bit. Uh, we hope people get their game soon. I just want people who, who buy an Alice Cooper to tell me if it's good or not and people who go over to those people's houses to tell us the truth, all right? Stern Pinball. So I heard a rumor, maybe it's not a rumor, so I heard Stern fire Dirty Donnie. And maybe he didn't fire him, but Dirty Donnie was inactive for a while, and he went over and he did artwork for Suncoast Pinball's, was that pinball, what is that, a Circus Carnival game? So that's Dirty Donnie on the art package. I love how on This Week in Pinball, they're like, Sunko's Pinball hires it. Uh, yeah, that's not what I'm hearing happened. I'm hearing what happened is Dirty Donnie had finished Aerosmith. He was sort of just hanging around. He wasn't getting put on any of the newer Stern projects, but he was still part of Stern Pinball. 
he went off and, and did artwork for Suncoast Pinball. Uh, Stern saw that and said, see you later, bro. I think that's what happened. I'm Again, that's what I heard. Uh, if it's wrong, I will clarify that. Uh, but that's what I heard happened. Suncoast Pinball's carnival game. I, I mean, you've seen it, right? Why? Why do people do this? Why do we need a game like that? And and I know I haven't played it. I haven't. I haven't. I, I don't know the guys who are working on it. But if you're them, literally, I, I get if you want to make a game in your basement. But the second you want to make a game to sell to people, you are opening yourself up to comparison and criticism. And I'm going to put you up against what else is out there for the money. So what is this game going to cost? Is it going to cost the price of a Stern Pro? Okay. When I take a look at that game and I compare it next to like all the Stern Pros from the last four or five years, it, it, it's no comparison which one has more appeal, the Stern Pro. I, so I don't understand why these guys do it. Like what, what leads a man and his friends to say, let's go make a pinball machine that's not as good as a game that will cost exactly the same price and it'll be fun and it'll sell because people want something different. I'm, I'm here to say to all the boutique dreamers out there, the market is saturated. It's cool. Make a game in your basement. Bring it around to show. See if people are interested. Do what Scott Denisi did. Make one game. See if people like it. And then there are there are enough manufacturers out there that could make your game for you. Isn't that the smarter approach? Why would you try and make a new company, make it all yourself, make it not as good as what's available, and then expect it to be successful? I mean, am I just a jerk? Am I looking at this hobby all wrong? Am I too negative? Should I just get industry people on my show, interview them, and let them tell you exactly what you expect them to say? Or should I say stuff like this? All right. That's just my take on it. I don't want more mediocre pinball. I'm tired of it. All right. So speaking of Stern, Munsters is almost out. It is, they are shipping the Pro. I guess it is out. The Ellie's go on the line next week. I just want to say something about all the Munsters back and forth. And if you order the Munsters and you're excited, I got some advice for you. Just don't go on Pinside until you get your game. I sort of do feel bad for people who order their game and all they do is 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 they they get inundated with an army of people who have never played the game telling them the game is shit telling them the game is simple telling them the game has got cheap targets telling them this telling them that you know the code's not there it's no depth it's too easy to get to wizard mode i've read so many complaints by people that i know have never played the game and then you ordered the game and you're excited to get your toy and you've already it's already been shit on by so many people. It's so annoying. I think when you order a game that you are excited to play, the best thing you could possibly do, the best thing you could possibly do is just turn off Pinside until your game ships and you'll be much happier. It, it, it is, people talk themselves into an endless swirl of, of reasons why you, should, you made a mistake. It's never reasons why you, 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 you made a good decision. Now, I know that most of you are, are not affected probably by that constant bitching and moaning because the LEs of the Munsters sold out. So Stern did something right. People want it. I think the premiums are going to sell well. Whether or not it's a game worth owning is always the hardest question. 
you know, someone was saying like, yeah, you buy a game. If you sell it, you're not going to lose much. Move on. For some people, that's easy. It's easy from a financial standpoint. It's also easy from a logistical standpoint. Uh, moving a game in and out of my apartment is really hard. Some of you guys moving a game in and out of your game rooms isn't easy. You don't want to constantly be paying for shippers to come and pack it up and, and send it somewhere else. It's a lot more fun when you have a game that isn't going anywhere that's working well. Uh, so, look, I that's my advice. I want to play the Monsters. I've heard everything from it's the best game ever. It's so much fun, too. It's a shallow game that gets boring quickly, and there's not much to do, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, who's right? <laughs> you know, you get these, like, completely polar opposite opinions. So someone's got to be. Is the answer in the middle? Probably. Uh, I saw they have new code that just dropped, 0.91. I have to say, I wish Stern would just wait until there were significant code updates. There's not much in this one. There's like a Midnight Madness and something else, a few timer adjustments. I don't want there to be like a new code update every 0.1 increase or 0.01 increase, right? So it's like 0.90, 0.91, 0.92, 0.93. It Just wait, Stern, and give us code when there's like significant updates. Uh, because as someone who had to update Batman like multiple times, it just kind of gets, unless there's a lot to notice, it's just annoying to have to like erase all your scores and constantly update your code. But look, we will not bitch about code updates on this show because uh, code, a, code updates are in that column of that's a good thing in pinball. All right. All right. I don't know if I'm missing anyone else. Nothing really new at home pin. Dutch pinball, nothing new. A uh, couple things. I just saw an Alien Pinball Machine for sale for $17,000. Alien LE in good condition with spare parts, $17,000. Uh, you know, after seeing the Wrath of Olympus for $25,000, Alien for seventeen, uh, will somebody pay it? I don't know. Probably there's some alien fanatic out there who really wants one. The problem is the people who really want it got burned by highway so that person's not just spending 17 they're spending the six and a half thousand on top of that that they may be lost in the company the whole thing is it's just a game that i get that you guys who own it love it but how do you not feel bad about owning it and i i think if you got one at a decent price cool i think the guy that spends seventeen thousand dollars on one is is not cool but because I think you're you're never gonna feel great about spending that much on a game that who knows if you can keep it running for a long time. I know people are making spare parts on it. I think the big the big thing I'd be afraid of, and someone said this with Dutch Pinball's Big Lebowski, I'd just be afraid someone's gonna make another alien game. I, I think if I'm stern, the license is so strong and stern or someone else like deep root i think they should go make alien and make it better that game is I, I get why people love that game the atmospheric elements of that game but the art is crap the i i don't think the layout is great there's not nearly as many toys as there should be for a game based on the alien franchise and i i would i would not spend seventeen thousand dollars on a game like that i'm at the point now where if you're gonna go high end on a game I just think it has to be a game that has a good story behind it, not a bad one. And and that's just my my take on it. All right, do I want to read emails? I don't want the show to go too long. I have to do work. I'm going to get freaking fired because I owe ideas in an hour and a half. This is the sacrifice I make. Um, You know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to end that here because I want you to have a shorter snackable show. You guys have been sending me a bunch of emails. What I'm going to do is tomorrow on the final day of Twippy Voting, I'll do another podcast in which I read the latest emails I've received from you. So if you want to make a statement, if you want to say anything to me, I am going to do an entire episode again tomorrow of just reading you know, some of your feedback on the show. A little snackable show tomorrow on the final day of Twippy Voting. So that's your chance to email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what you think about my assessment of these companies, these games. Am I right? Am I wrong? Should I go away? Should I be sponsored by Pin Stadium? <laughs> you know, so I really, really, really um, would love to hear from you. Okay, everyone, have a great, what is it, Wednesday? God, Super Bowl this week. So exciting. I have to plan my, my food. Um, everyone, have a great day. Enjoy your pinball machines. Enjoy this podcast, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Bam, bam, bam.